Thanks for tuning into the podcast. My name's Jake Atwood, and this is Braving the Night. Friends, we made it to episode number five. Just want to say thank you. Appreciate everybody tuning into the show tonight. Just going to jump right into it. This episode is going to be about Daniel and the lion's den. I feel like we're going through a season in the nation where a lot of people are feeling perplexed. There's a lot of things going on where people have been pouring out, giving their time, giving themselves in service to the community and to those around them. And uh, they're dealing with some tough regulations that are coming around, situations where they're having to make hard decisions. You know, and these are, these are professionals and these are people um, that make hard decisions every day. And as we look at the story of Daniel, we see a man that um, knew what it means to serve, and more specifically to serve in an administrative role um, within the government next to kings. Um, It says that it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. So tonight as we... um, share this story as we go into it you know if you're going through a time in your life you know where you've poured out and you feel like you've been thrown under the bus or you feel like you know everything that you've done has been for nothing i want to encourage you that god sees everything that you do he hasn't left you he hasn't forsaken you he's aware of all the details of your life okay and he's aware of all the details of everybody's life. And the God that we serve is a just God. He doesn't forget. Okay, he loves you and cares about you. And he loved and cared about Daniel. Um, I woke up this morning, you know, hopped into my Bible. I just felt led to Proverbs 13:6. It says, Righteousness guards the person of integrity but wickedness overthrows the sinner. And I just kind of sat there and camped out there for a while. I thought righteousness guards, you know, and I just, I was just slow to read it, you know. Sometimes you can get into your Bible and you don't have to sit there and read page after page, you know. Sometimes you can just grab a couple sentences and it's, it's, it's like a gourmet meal to your spirit, to your soul. And you just chew on it and let it let it digest. But righteousness guards. Righteousness guards the person. Righteousness guards the person of integrity. You know, Jesus is the righteousness of God. You know, Jesus lived a blameless life. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus guards the person of integrity. And guess what, friends? Jesus guards the person when they make mistakes and repent. When we ask for forgiveness. It says, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. You know, so often in life, um, you know, we think that, that uh, you know, that this 
idea of sin is attached to this karmic, you know, scale that there's this karmic tally board where, you know, there's a tally board going up against you. And uh, for one, I don't believe in karma. I believe in God, serving a just God. And I believe that we can do things in our life where we can set ourselves up to fall because of the actions that we take. And we set up things in motion like dominoes. And that uh, when it says wickedness overthrows the sinner, I think oftentimes it's our own actions that come back to bite us because we set traps for ourselves. And yeah, the enemy comes around like a roaring lion, you know, looking to those that he can devour. And sometimes there's traps waiting for us. But I want to, you to know tonight that there is a God that is in control, even when we feel that we're out of control, and that you're not just attached to some mindless, you know, distant goo that makes things happen or not happen, or that you're attached to some energy force that you know, has good or bad happened to you, that we serve a living God. And Daniel knew that. And so if we hop into Daniel 6 here, it says, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps. And satraps were essentially like governors in today's standard to rule throughout the kingdom. It says with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. So the king was organized, and his government was organized, and he put Daniel at the top. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. The Bible says they could find no corruption in him. So they were trying to micromanage Daniel and trying to set the guy up. They were trying to find flaws in his management strategies. They were trying to find flaws in his administration. They were trying to find flaws in, his, in the way that he operated the kingdom, the, his government affairs, and they couldn't. He ran a tight ship. He was honest. It says, because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And this is where we see in the story that the people that were coming against Daniel start to play dirty. And unfortunately, you know, we live in a, in a time, in a world where we're seeing corruption run rampant like never before. And like I said in the other podcast, we've seen that corruption since the fall of the garden 
It's nothing new. It's it's not anything new, you know, to this generation or the, the previous generations. But we are starting to see it on a wide scale all across the board. And so they say, hey, we'll never find any basis for charges against this man unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And so they're saying, okay, well, how can we, how can we change legislation here? How can we change things to make this man who's righteous appear guilty? So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. And so because they can't find corruption in Daniel, they can't find corruption in his business, they have to change the rules of the game in order to make what Daniel's doing appear corrupt. Verse 8, Now your majesty issued the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. And it says three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. So Daniel, here's the decree. Hey, you're not going to worship any god or any man except for the king. And I imagine Daniel is a man that probably was well versed in the law at that time. He had been surrounded by intelligent men and women who had conversations about regulations and about culture. I mean, they, they were administrating culture politically across vast spaces, you know, and territories. And Daniel was extremely intelligent. He was very, very specific on what he did, how he did it. He knew why he did what he did. And so when he made a decision... Daniel, I believe, didn't only make a decision because he felt like it. I believe he was a man that made a decision out of reason and logic and because it pleased God, because it was following the law of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he hears the law. Here it is. Boom. You're not going to pray to anybody or any god except for the king. And he goes up to his room like he always did, 
and he kneels down and he prays just as before. And I don't believe that Daniel was doing something out of ritual. I don't believe he was praying out of habit. I don't believe he was praying just because it was his custom. I believe we're looking at a man that had a living relationship with a living God. And he had favor in his life because he communed with that God daily, multiple times a day. That he didn't allow his circumstances to control his relationship with God, but he allowed his relationship with God to control his circumstances. And I really want that to sink in tonight, friends. That we're in a time where we feel that our circumstances are controlling us. Maybe we feel that our circumstances are narrowing the options that we have in our life. Maybe we're looking around and we're hearing an echo from different voices saying that, that our circumstances are getting smaller and maybe we've tried to follow certain uh, opinions and certain guiding voices and they have changed the definition of things on us. You know, maybe the very voices that we've been listening to have said one thing and done another and now we're in a place where we're seeing them get away with it. But I want to continue to encourage you with this story here because as I said, we serve a God who is just and kind and patient and loving and he's called us to be just and kind and patient and loving and strong. It says in verse 11, Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So not only is Daniel praising and thanking his God, but now he's seeking God's hand of deliverance and help. I imagine he's looking for wisdom and understanding from God. I imagine Daniel understands the grasp of the situation that, that, that has just happened. And he says, So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. And they said, Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days anyone who prays to any god or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? And it says, The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. It means no ifs, ands, or buts. This thing can't be changed. It, is, it, it has been said, and it will be done. And it says, Then they said to the king, Daniel, who was one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Proverbs 13.6 
Righteousness guards the person of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. The Bible says our sins seek us out. There's power of life and death in the tongue. And in this culture that we're reading about, when the king made a decree, it stood. And even the king, based on their own laws and bylaws and standards, could not alter that. The officials around the king made a corrupt legislation. They made a corrupt law. And the king, knowing Daniel personally and having a relationship with him, seeing how Daniel operated his government, was disheartened, heartbroken, troubled, perplexed that he knew what was about to happen to an innocent man. God calls for us to pray for our enemies. You know, oftentimes we think when we're taken advantage of, the person that's taken advantage of us has the upper hand. And we see in this story, although the king is putting um, his authority and power into a place where he's having to, you know, execute judgment over Daniel, the king is trapped. And the king does not have the upper hand. It looks like it. The king is trapped in his own, you know, counsel of wickedness. And he is, he is heartbroken about what he's about to do to an innocent man. You know, we do not see the king say, hey, I'll throw myself in there. Maybe he thought about that. But the council and the the rest of the government probably would have overthrown him because of the decree that had been made. And so, I just want to share with you that maybe somebody has thrown you under the bus and you're very upset right now. Maybe it's not a person. Maybe it's um, people. Maybe it's an institution. Maybe it is the government or a government. Or maybe it's just some institution of power that has regulated something. And you're in a place where you think that the person or people's or institution has the upper hand. And your world is getting smaller. Well, let's keep reading the story, friends. The king answered, The decree in accordance with the law of the Medes Persians, which cannot be repealed. And he goes on to say, you know, where they told on Daniel and tattletailed on Daniel. And like we see in verse 14, he was greatly distressed. It says, verse 15, Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can ever be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. I mean, that's got to be a weird situation. 
hey, uh, I got to throw you in this lion's den. Um, yeah, I got to throw you under the bus here. Um, I'm hoping the best for you. It's going to take a lot of faith and trust in God for Daniel to be able to walk through this situation with integrity. And up to this point, we've seen Daniel time and time again pass that test. But now he's at a point where his life is um, put in danger. And uh, I've heard a lot of people, you know, sharing stories right now where they're feeling isolated and left alone. And they, they've served and they have been pouring out their life only to have the world that, you know, they've placed themselves in get smaller and smaller to the point where they're, you know, being booted out. And those are tough conversations to have. And it's kind of hard sometimes to, you know, share the silver lining when a person's going through the thunderstorm. But we know that God is in control. And we know that He can take our toughest day and turn it around. So it says, So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. Verse 17 said, A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel, Daniel's situation might not be changed. It was literally locked in stone. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him and he could not sleep. I imagine his conscience was just tearing him up. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den, and when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lion's? And Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. And they have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. So just a few verses back we see, The men, the council of the government, come to the king, change legislation, 
change rule, change law. Take a man that was doing nothing wrong and now put him in a position where his next action will be now considered evil. In a sense, turning you know good to evil and evil to good. And now Daniel confesses, I was found innocent in his sight. Not have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. It's going to take discernment for some of the things that this country is coming up against, that this world is coming up against, that our families are coming up against, that our children are coming up against. It's going to take wise counsel, discernment, People of sober mind, focus, tough conversations, vulnerability, transparency, and a lot of prayer asking for Jesus to help. I was found innocent in his sight. You know, Daniel didn't do anything wrong for continuing to pray. And it took a strong man of integrity to be able to say, May the king live forever. And for this for this nation for this world to get back on track it's going to take forgiveness each one of us are guilty none of not not a single person here is perfect no not one but we have a God who loves us. We have a Father in heaven who loves us, who sent his Son Jesus Christ to die for us on a cross, grabbed the keys of hell, got the authority back for mankind. Now he sits at the right hand of the Father. And we are joint heirs with Christ. And he gives us the opportunity to be saved by Jesus, changed by Jesus, and on mission with Jesus. And the problems that are occurring now, the magnitude of sin, the magnitude of brokenness, the magnitude of darkness. Is not going to be conquered. Out of sheer might. Forgiveness. Trying to forgive people out of your own might. When they've done atrocities. Or even sometimes when they've done things that just tick us off and make us mad. 
Sometimes in our own strength, we're just not able, you know, to walk through that forgiveness. And it takes the power of Jesus. It takes His Holy Spirit leading us into all truth. It's going to take a community of people coming back together in the name of Jesus to help rebuild what has been destroyed and what has been broken and what is being destroyed and what is being broken. The enemy wants to paint a picture that everything's peachy keen while he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and it's just not true. And for anyone living in 2021, if we ask for Jesus to give us eyes to see, he'll give us eyes to see. And here's the deal, friends. He gives different people different perspective. It doesn't mean that truth is subject to change. It doesn't mean that um, there's multiple truths. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man may come to the Father but through Him. And so there is a foundation of truth. But He gives us, as a community, different giftings and different viewpoints to see that truth. And there's blind spots that each one of us have. And it's when we come together in in community and fellowship with God that He allows other people to walk into our life and speak into our blind spots. And we're able to speak into other people's blind spots. And that's where restoration amongst ourselves begins and restoration in our community, in our towns, in our cities, in our nation, in our world begins. When God is calling His people to rise up into champion, into victor, and to lead the charge into restoration. And Daniel did that in that one statement that he made when he said to that king, May the king live forever. That's wild. The dude just threw Daniel in a lion's den. And Daniel says, may the king live forever. But maybe, maybe God was able to uh, get across to Daniel some discernment where Daniel could see that he was dealing with a broken man. And that man, at the core of his heart, had no intention. As flawed as that king was, he had no true intention of actually killing Daniel. And that, again, I bring it back, the person, the entity, the this thing that is coming after you, you think you know, has this upper hand, but really it is locked and bound in chains of its own sin or of the wickedness that's surrounding it. And the king was trapped. But Daniel was able to walk in forgiveness and in love and forgive that king that did that. That's powerful. Verse 23, the king was overjoyed. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children, and before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all 
of the nations and people of every language in all the earth. And he said, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and, and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So we see the king issue a decree on one hand to throw Daniel in the lion's pit. Now he's issuing another decree, you know, uh, that in every part of his kingdom people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. You're never going to be able to legislate law that makes people want to serve God in the sense of controlling them. We serve God and we love God because He first loved us. And we have a God that is of law and order. And He does have a divine law. And He does command us to obey that. But He wants us to love Him out of our free will. He wants us to love Him because we love Him. Because He loves us. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. There's a song by a musician. Her name is Holly Ann. And the song is called Lion's Den. If you're able to pause the podcast now, go look it up and listen to it. Let it soak in. Holly Ann, Lion's Den. You know, Jesus forgives us all, despite all of our unrighteousness. Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus forgave him, called him to take care of the flock. We see Daniel stood his ground and prayed three times. We see a situation where Daniel didn't do anything wrong in this situation and, you know, three different times where it appeared he was doing something wrong by praying, he wasn't. And we see another situation where, you know, Peter denies Jesus three times. And so what I'm sharing tonight is the story isn't about being perfect. The story isn't about being, you know, so righteous that, you know, there's no error in you. Although that's good, we strive for that. 
You know, we want to have a firm foundation. You know, we want to be solid people. We want our yeses to be yes. But we are a people that fall down. And we are a people that make mistakes. We are a people that intentionally sin. We are a people that Jesus died for and loves. And so, if you're in a place where you need His forgiveness, He will. He will forgive you. If you're in a place where you don't know this God that I'm talking about, this Jesus that I'm sharing, He's there for you too. The Bible says if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm telling you right now, that commitment to follow Jesus, that narrow road, it will lead to more freedom than you have ever experienced. And God will give you the true definition of freedom. And it starts with putting our trust in Him, asking for His forgiveness, declaring that He is now King of our life, and then going out and living a life with Him, for Him. And you're going to see love explode in your heart, and you're going to see love explode in your life. I know there's a lot of people right now that feel they've been thrown in the lion's den. And it looks bleak, and it looks dark, and it feels lonely, and you're tired, and you don't have all the answers. Maybe you're trying to figure out why this happened to you. Maybe you're trying to analyze the story and you're trying to reverse engineer everything that happens. Maybe you feel everything is your fault and, and what you have done has led you to this. Now, I don't have all the answers for that, but I do have it. The, I do have the answer and his name is Jesus. And I just, uh, I want to pray for you. God, I just, I'm so grateful for you. I thank you so much for all that you're doing. I thank you that in this story we were able to peek into something mysterious. We were able to see that you are a God that is able to perform miracles. I pray that anyone that's hearing my voice now would soften their heart 
and allow you to perform the very miracle in their life that you've been wanting to perform. I pray that any person now that feels that they've been thrown in a lion's den would be comforted with a peace that passes all understanding. That you would bring people into their life that would receive them and listen to them and help lift them out of that hole and begin the healing begin the restoration I thank you for your protection over our lives God over the person's life who's listening to this right now going through that storm I thank you for your protection and I ask for a continued hedge of protection We overcome the world by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And if tonight's episode resonated with you or it encouraged you in any way, feel free to let us know. You can always um, leave comments on our Facebook page, Braving the Night. Um, you can always go to different platforms, you know, podcasts, um, platforms like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, um, really any platform that we're on, you can leave a good review for us, you know, leave a thumbs up, star, whatever that icon looks like, you know, if it's five stars and, and we spoke to you in a way that really encouraged you to leave those five stars, it really helps to get the message out, um, so we just want to say thank you so much, hope you have a wonderful week and look forward to sharing another message with you next Friday.